This is episode 10 of the Kindred Mom Podcast. I am your host, Emily Sue Allen. Welcome, friends. I have something exciting for you in this episode. My friend and fellow Kindred Mom team member, Sarah Allard, decided it was time for me to share a little bit of my motherhood journey. So she interviewed me about my family and some of the details surrounding our decision to grow our family over the years. I hope you learn a little bit about me and maybe find some encouragement in this episode as well. This show is supported by Adopt Together, the world's largest nonprofit crowdfunding platform for adoption. Adopt Together helps turn crowds into communities by providing a space for adoptive families to share their story and collect tax deductible donations from their entire support network. In just five years, they have helped over 2,300 families raise more than $10 million to fund their adoptions. If you're considering adoption, Go to AdoptTogether.org to check out some of their family profiles and hear Adopt Together CEO and founder, Hank Fortner, talk about how he uses the internet to build families. Hi, Emily. How's it going, Sarah? It's going well. How are you doing? I'm really good. Well, we're turning the tides today, and I'm so excited that I get to interview you. You do. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling you that I just feel like um, those that have been following Kindred Mom for a while would just love to know more about you and get a little bit of an insight into your family and your motherhood journey. So would love for you to start um, basically sharing a little bit more about your motherhood journey. Did you always think that you wanted to be a mom? Well, um, I had a stretch of time that I did not even want to be married, let alone be a mom. Um, I went through a lot of things in my teenage years and my early 20s that were just really challenging for me, and one of which was my parents' divorce when I was 15, uh, which was a pretty painful experience for all of us, not just me, but the rest of my family as well. And so when I went off to college, the last thing on my mind was settling down, starting a family, getting married, all that stuff. And um, it was really kind of by surprise that my husband really started pursuing me uh, very intently from the first time that he <laughs> met me. And I, I was not sure about it for a long time. I really resisted for a couple of years, actually. And um, finally, he won me over and, and we got married. And then uh, after a year, I think it was two days after our first anniversary, we had our first baby. Oh my goodness. And I realized I should have started out. Tell us a little bit about your family, how many children you have now and what their ages are. Yes. So I have six children. Um, my oldest is going to be 11 in July on my 12th anniversary. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then, um, my others are right now nine, seven, five, three, and one years old. Oh my goodness. So amazing. And such a journey. So with your first, um, 
Was that something that was planned to start your family right away once you did get married? Or tell me a little bit about how you went from not even wanting to be married to now six kids. Yeah, that is definitely the question of the hour, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, When we got married, it was our plan to wait a few years. And then once I met my husband and we really started falling in love with each other, I saw what an amazing heart he has for children. And I definitely opened my mind to that possibility when we were planning our wedding and everything. But we definitely wanted a few years of just time to adjust to marriage because we were 22 at the time that we got married. And um, I just felt like that was really young to possibly be having children. But I found out that I was pregnant in the fall after our summer wedding uh, by surprise. Uh, It was one of those things that was a pretty big shock to both of us. Um, But also a very welcome surprise. Like I feel definitely like I was able to kind of adjust and embrace that new reality in our marriage um, pretty quickly. And I was in grad school, the one and only semester of grad school that I have done um, at the time. And after I recognized that my life was going to change in this really drastic way, I decided I did not want to continue trying to do both grad school and learn how to be a mom. So I dropped out of grad school and um, yeah, it was kind of a, a pretty interesting first few years of marriage to be adjusting to married life and uh, parenthood at the same time. Mm-hmm. But it was also really good. Yeah, and you realize that if the listeners haven't listened to episode number two, they may not know that you and I have been friends for many years, and so Mm -hmm. I've gotten to watch a huge part of that journey. Um, But I actually don't think I knew you were in grad school, because there was a few years that we didn't connect, so (laughs) that is news to me. Um, One question I didn't prepare you for, but as you're talking about kind of how motherhood and marriage really kind of happened at the same time, relatively same time for you... Mm -hmm. um, what are your thoughts looking back about how having children early in marriage knitted you together to your husband? I know you've talked to me about that yeah. personally. Kind of what yeah. did that look like? Well, I think that um, being as young as we were, we had a lot of things we were figuring out just how to be adults <laughs> and be responsible and, you know, do insurance and healthcare and all the things that come with growing up. And so doing that with a, a child and then another child and then another child in tow, um, I feel like we really were a lot more flexible than we might have been a little bit later on. Um, so it I just feel like the analogy of of wet cement, you know, we were very pliable and moldable. And I just feel that our first few years, while they were bumpy in some ways, just because we had a lot of life to figure out, um, there was also a a beautiful thing that happened just in our, um, our youthfulness and our you know, I, I really didn't have an established career or anything that I was trying to figure out how to maintain a career and begin a family. It was definitely like we had so many options right, you know, before we kind of launched into everything that um, 
it was just a very incremental growing together as we figured out parenting together. <laughs> hmm. I can see that. And I always think that your story is so encouraging, especially to those that are getting married and wanting to start a family right away. I think so often we have this mindset of needing a set amount of time, whatever that is to us going into marriage. And I just love your story so much that you were like, well, this wasn't planned, but just to watch how it really has met you and your husband together and really prepared you for all of these six kids. You know, looking back, we don't always know what God's plan is. Um, so I just think that's such an encouragement if any uh, anybody that listen to this podcast, finds themselves in a situation where maybe things aren't planned and they are pregnant and just trudging along on that journey. And on that note, tell me a little more about kind of how you went from one to six kids. You talked about the beginning, um, you know, that your daughter came along, but how has that process been kind of with each child that you've added to your family? What has that looked like? Yeah, well, our first uh, was unplanned and a total wonderful surprise. (laughs) And then we decided after she was born, um, it was a really sweet season of just very simple living. My husband was in grad school and I was home with her and we just wanted to have another baby. Um, I thought while he was in grad school, we could probably handle two. And then we were planning a space and then we might have another two. Um, That's how we started thinking that first year after she was born. And so I got pregnant with my second um, relatively quickly and easily um, after I had stopped nursing my oldest. And um, that was gonna be that for a while, or so we thought. (laughs) And it was um, my second and third born are pretty are they're they're the closest together I mean they're all really pretty close together but the very closest by months and I ended up with a surprise pregnancy for my third which was one that I wasn't as um, excited about it felt like a really difficult time with my husband in grad school and I was not working and we were living in Los Angeles and just the whole situation seemed really impossible uh, for me to just see how are we going to survive, how are we going to um, support a family of five on a, you know, graduate school stipend that my husband was taking home and we really didn't have a lot of other income coming in. So um, that one was a little bit harder for me to accept. I think uh, it took me a couple of months to really embrace this new idea of, okay, well, we're not going to have space. We're going to have three children. This is going to be kind of a wild ride. And it was was a season of a lot of transitions. Uh, My husband uh, finished grad school, and then we moved uh, from Los Angeles back to Seattle and had our third-born little guy who's been the sweetest gift to our family that I didn't know that I needed. I think I've written about him on my personal blog a lot more than any of my other children, not because I love him more, but because God taught me more through that journey of receiving the gift that God gives, even when I didn't think that it's what I wanted for myself. Um, It was just a really important and shaping season um, to have that, that third little guy born. So... After that happened, we were in Seattle for a few years, um, 
and I I think we had decided we wanted to have a fourth baby because um, I like I like round numbers. <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> um, but we ended up pregnant with our fourth. And, um, that was, she's just a sweet gift to our family. Like, uh, her middle name is Grace because I really feel like that she is God's grace in my life. And so that was our plan to have four. (laughs) And for that whole year after she was born, we had talked about being done having kids and, um, We'd had a rule from the time we first got married that we wouldn't make any permanent decisions in that department until uh, at least a year after the youngest baby was born, just because I feel like that space, that first year uh, of motherhood with a new baby is such a tender time, and I didn't want to be under the gun to to make such a final decision in that little stretch. And so um, around the time that she was probably... 10 months old, <laughs> not quite a year. The, the uh-huh. timing is very important because um, the whole year we had discussed making permanent decisions about that. And then around the time she was 10 months old, um, I kind of had this little stretch of time that I just started feeling very differently, kind of suddenly, and it, I was a little bit alarmed about it because I thought that if I brought up the idea of possibly having another baby to my husband that he would be not on board and I don't know why I thought that because it wasn't something that he had said it's just it was different than what we had talked about and I also like I don't know I feel like I had convinced myself that four was reasonable four was responsible four was like isn't that the perfect number we have two boys and two girls and it just was so like why would you want to mess with that um But this is kind of a defining moment of my life when I feel like just in the quiet of my heart, um, God had just kind of spoken to me or whatever you want to say, impressed on my heart that there was freedom to choose one way to just have four and call it good. But if I would open my heart to something else, that he had something else for me and For me, it was more an issue of um, would I trust him and would I surrender more than I have to have another baby and it has to be another baby. Um, And that process of surrender has been really formative for me since then. So, um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I've watched that journey and it's been amazing. I mean, I really, I can remember very vividly talking during that time about the freedom to, to kind of move either direction, but really that yielding. And I have really seen that and, you know, that you would go on to get pregnant again and have gestational diabetes, which is something that you've openly talked about on your blog. And it was a real journey that pregnancy, a lot of surrender and to watch you also with that baby want to have a home birth and to surrender that. And it was just a lot of surrendering Uh, (laughs) and to watch you walk through that gestational diabetes journey so beautifully and to be able to have that home birth and have that baby girl and 
then to surrender again and have this yeah. boy. And now you've got these three, three boys, three girls. And mm-hmm. you know, the listeners may not realize too, that we live in Seattle, which, so you're an anomaly. I mean, I, I go to go to Costco <laughs> with you and seen yeah. the eyes and comments. And so one question I have for you is, you know, what do you love most about having a big family now that you have your six? Yeah, um, I think that I love the relationships that I see between my children, and there are sibling issues sometimes, and there's a lot of noise, and there's a lot of chaos uh, from time to time, but there are also these really sweet moments of um, exchange between different siblings at different times and just seeing how they care for each other and how they play with each other. I feel like it's such a gift to have siblings. Um, I do personally have two brothers of my own who I love dearly, but I have been pretty estranged from them since my parents divorced uh, when I was 15. And so I don't feel like our relationships are very close. Um, And I obviously have no idea what kind of relationships my kids will have when they're adults, but I just have really longed for that kind of closeness, I guess, that I have seen in some of the other families that I know where there are a lot of siblings and there's just like a lot of love um, that happens, even if it's messy and loud and, you know, there's some, some things people might see as negatives, but I just... I don't ever feel lonely. <laughs> there is mm-hmm. no space to feel lonely because there's always someone who wants to cuddle or share, um, you know, a memory or do something fun. And it's it's just really more full of love than I would have ever imagined. And I think sometimes people think about large families and they just think, oh, that must be so much work. And it is. <laughs> it is so much work. But there is also this rich and deep gift in the midst of it that I just would not trade for anything. Well, on the note of work, you know, you said it kind of talked about noise and a few aspects, but for the mama that maybe is in the trenches herself in that season of kind of struggling with a big family, what would you say are some challenges that you've navigated and uh, maybe earlier in your motherhood journey and um, yeah, just how you've navigated those? Yeah, I feel like I'm navigating challenges all the time. Um, There are different challenges at different times. Um, I think one of the the main ones is that it can be so easy to think that we have to be doing everything um, and doing, I I don't know, I I think there's a lot of pressure on parents to make sure their kids are reading early and in preschool and in these activities or, you know, there's just a lot of things that draw us is like you need to be doing this for your kids and I think for me uh, the way that I have survived and kind of found a way to really a deep joy in the things that I do um, is to simplify things as much as possible Um, we kind of take out anything that is not essential and we just don't do it Um, and you know there are some times that I wish that you know, there's a, a sport or some activity that one or another child can do that we just can't. But I also really love that, um, you know, we just kind of weather the storms together. We sort out whatever challenges come up kind of as a team. We talk about being a team a lot. And I think that that collaborative effort and um, 
the cohesiveness of our family is something that helps us get through anything we've had so far. So mm-hmm. I've really seen that. I, one thing I love that you say to your kids is you look at them and say, you are a really important part of this family and call them by name and, and say something. And I just really see that. Um, and on that note of, you know, the whole idea of super mom and trying to do it all, uh, I'm sure people will be curious to know, how do you find time for writing, podcasting and spearheading kindred mom? Yeah, um, I think that that's a hard question to answer only because it's there's not an easy answer for how that happens. I am a, I'm a very industrious, creative person, which it's actually taken me a long time to first of all recognize that about myself and second of all kind of create time in my life for some of those things. But I think that the whole notion of super mom, and we have discussed that on Kindred Mom a number of times so far these last few months, I just think that there are certain things that um, they look a certain way, but that's not necessarily the whole reality. (laughs) And for me, like, I make time by putting other things aside. Um, And, you know, one of those things is my housekeeping (laughs) my housekeeping is very average at best (laughs) um and that's fine with me i i would much rather spend time pouring my heart into something that is really life-giving for me than making sure that everything is back in order before i go to bed you know um and we spend time during the day just working together as a team like i mentioned to kind of reel in the the clutter and i mean i'm really trying my best to help my kids be really involved in the the care of their own space and their own things and um that has really helped a lot um as they've gotten a little older that wasn't as possible when they were younger so um you know i i've dealt with a lot of personal frustration over just not being able to do some things as well as i want to but i think another thing that um on that topic is kind of important for me to to say is that i am someone with huge dreams and there have been a number of um seasons so far in my mothering journey where i feel like i've really had to surrender the the magnitude of my dreams or the even the actual goals themselves and I find that in the process of surrender, that as I really pursue God and ask Him for wisdom about what is needed or necessary for our family in a given season, that sometimes I'm just really focused on mothering and only mothering. And then the things that I'm doing right now with Kindred Mom, I'm just in a season where it just works. It, everything fits in the cracks of life. And I find the time that I spend writing, the time that I spend podcasting is the space where I am being recharged and being kind of, um, I don't know. It's like the, the thing that fills me up again at the end of the day. Uh, so I do spend time in the wee hours of the night when everyone's asleep and it's quiet and my house is a mess and I don't care because I'm doing something that matters to me and um, it just, it's worth it. 
I love that so much. It makes me think I've been pondering recently the concept that as moms, our work is never done. You know, mm-hmm. it's just there's always more laundry to do, more dishes to be done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, really that nobody does it all. And trying to figure out at each moment what needs to be done and what can be let go. Because if we wait until everything's neat and perfect, then we're never going to get to the creative things. And sometimes the things that really fill us up. But I mean, of course, on the flip side, what I was hearing you say, too, is that to everything, there is a season. And um, in each season of motherhood and different ages of children, I think you always have to reflect on what season you're in and what God's calling you to. But I just love that uh, you have to keep it real and just pick and choose your battles. And so... Just to end this, Emily, I would love for you um, just to share a little word to the mom that's listening, you know, um, we have women in all different seasons, but maybe to the mom that is feeling frustrated in her current season. You know, you talked about how there wasn't always a lot of time and space for that creativity, and now you're finding some more space for that now in this season. What encouragement would you share with the mom that was listening? Yeah, I think that um, there are things about motherhood that are very surprising um, in the sense that I don't think that I would be nearly as prepared or equipped or passionate about the things that I am passionate about without having been on the motherhood journey that I've been on. I see a lot of moms doing um, really incredible, courageous, creative work that it really does have to be tucked around in the the fringe parts of life because that's what's available. But in the midst of that, it's just you develop an ingenuity. And uh, I don't know, I think there's so much heart that goes into creative work that is done in a very limited space because that's what is available. Um, and I also think that... Um, It's harder to accept this, I think, if you're in a season of discouragement or frustration with um, where you might be at, because I've been there. (laughs) That's how I know that. Mm -hmm. But I also think that there is something about the mundane part of motherhood that really fuels our, I don't know, it really fuels my desire to just do something that is meaningful over something that is, you know, is important. We had this conversation on one of the other podcast episodes, so I'm borrowing some of the language from that. I just think that for me, I I find my purpose when I am standing at my kitchen sink. I sit there and I, and that's time that I listen to music that fills my soul and I process things that either I've had in conversation with somebody or something that I want to write about um, and that's while I'm doing the dishes and I see my you know my quiet time with God is not something where I sit down and everything is silent and I can light a candle and read for <laughs> 20 minutes or anything it's it's while I'm do while I'm folding laundry I am you know meditating on a scripture or thinking about um spiritual things that are very much a part of my everyday real life. It's not just a a separate thing. And so I guess for the mom who is in that place of just feeling frustrated to recognize that every season comes to an end at some point. Um, And also that I, I just do think that God honors 
women who invest themselves deeply in their families. Um, and I am no longer afraid that I will miss I will miss my opportunities. Like the opportunity that I have to invest in my children's lives is worth more to me than any other dream that I have. And so I just think that it's it's okay to let that frustration, you know, acknowledge it if it's real and that's where you are, but know that um, it might not be what is there always. Mm, I love ending on that note. I just know that your whole heart behind Kinder Mom is really to cheer on other moms and their motherhood journey. And, you know, we're all in different places, but going back to what we do as moms is valuable. And starting there, I think that's a really powerful place to be. And as your friend, I've watched you journey and to be at the place that you are today. And I know I kind of put you up to this podcast today saying that I think that people really want to hear you get on the other side. And so I so appreciate you humoring me and everyone else. And if other people loved this episode and want to hear more from you, please leave a comment because um, I think there's just so much to your journey that is amazing and unique and would love to be able to have people ask questions. Um, So leave a comment in the notes and look forward to continuing the conversation. Emily, thank you so much for getting on the other side and being brave to do that and sharing your heart today. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. A large family isn't entirely what I imagined for myself years ago. I know that so many women end up living out stories they maybe didn't plan. Sometimes they're good stories and sometimes they're hard stories. When I look back on everything I have experienced over the last 20 years, God's care and direction is evident in so many of our family milestones. Many seasons have been incredibly hard, but I will say for me, motherhood has brought about deep healing in my life that I didn't expect would come, which is one reason we continued to say yes, adding children to our family one by one. Of course, it has also challenged and humbled me and spread me thin at times as well. But I honestly believe that God has written this story. He had it in mind to bring about my personal healing and mature faith through mothering these amazing kids. Surrendering to God is the single most worthwhile thing I have ever done. Again and again. And even though giving over control is not easy, it has been worth it every time. I have gone from hopelessly broken, tangled in fear, depression, and anxiety, to a wholehearted mama with passion, purpose, and joy. I know that I'm very fortunate to have my six healthy children. I don't take them for granted for a moment. I am very grateful for each one of them. I know that not everyone is called to have a large family. That has been my personal journey. For others, the story of surrendering to God might look very different. What I do know is that Proverbs 16.9 says that the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. My hope for you is that you would allow God to direct your steps in whatever way that leads you and your family to truly flourish. About fitting in creative work in the mothering years, I did talk about that a little bit more with my guest and friend, Glenna Marshall, in episode 8, if that interests you. To me, creativity is a central part of life. Even if you don't see yourself as an artistic person, there are things you are or can be creative about that could be deeply life-giving. Fear of missing opportunities or a desired window of time to accomplish a dream or goal are all real things. But in my journey, I have learned that even when some dreams die, new ones, 
often better ones, take their place. Our world is incredibly enriched by the creativity, ingenuity, and skill of mothers as they do their mothering work and their creative work in tandem. We bring with us a compassion, nurturing, tenacity, and love that can't be kept inside the walls of our homes. For me, it's a completely outside-of-the-box thing, fitting the details in the odd cracks of life, but I'm grateful for the way working within limits helps me give my best when I am doing creative work. To close out this episode, I want to share a closing blessing by Libby John, a multi-talented mama and artist who hosts a podcast called Art and Faith Conversations. Her show is about the relationship between creativity and spirituality. She offers these words. May you experience the freedom that only surrender can bring and find treasures in the journey of motherhood God has set before you.